is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And Donald Trump has a commanding lead in the polls in the primary election right now. And he probably will win the general election. If it was held today, he would. Um, so I think that the, the fact that the people are at readily receiving this. I mean, I guess people don't have Google or the Internet or the ability to think on their own because some of this stuff is very preposterous. It's completely ridiculous. And some of the things that Stanley was saying, he exaggerated on. Other things he didn't. Right. I can't understand how American people are eating this up. Well, it's no, it's the, it's one of these weird conundrums where people do have Google and they do have access to a lot of information. All the information in the world is at the tip of your fingers on that phone that you're, or computer that you're holding in your pocket. The problem is there's lots of misinformation out there. There's a lot of fear f- information out there. And why? I mean, that's the question Stanley has, because fear sells. And this is the number one reason, in my opinion, why you have politicians, especially in the Republican Party, that are able to get people who are poor and generally white to vote for them, even though the policies that they perpetuate actually are against these people's financial interests. But they fear monger using some of the things Stanley mentioned guns, gays, the f- war on Christmas. <laughs> you know? Like, so I am charging with that war. Right? I'm all well, about it. And, or my favorite conspiracy of the past year was the Jade Helm thing. This regular military exercise that the military does every right, year. Right, right, and right. then you had people like the governor of Texas Jim uh, Jim Abbott, who was like, yeah, uh, yeah. we're going to have to mobilize the National Guard just in case we have to watch. So when you have other elected officials, even those people who are not running for office, they continue to use these fear-mongering tactics. And why do they do it? They do it because it sells and it gets them votes and it gets well-meaning people to vote against their own economic and financial interests uh, because you scare the living behoovies out of them. Right. Jackie, and I, yeah, no, I think that there's, what I perceive as this fear of politics, right, there's sort of two angles you can play with this, right? There's the first, which is Looking at something, you know, you want people to vote against a certain interest or you want them to feel certain ways. You're going to present it to them in a way that's really scary and like say, you know, have you heard about this? This is something that you should be afraid of. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people are and the media plays a huge role in that. I think another aspect of this fear is finding out what actually scares people, but is maybe not so except you know if people are racist or if they are islamophobic or if they're homophobic or if they have these like closely held fears that they're not really being super vocal about because they're racist assumptions or whatever and identifying that in people and then calling that out and bringing that to light and i think that's very true with donald trump's campaign you see it with him with um calling out you know being extraordinarily islamophobic and saying we shouldn't let muslims enter this country and a lot of other Republican candidates are agreeing with him. That's something that I think a lot of people, I think, feel that way. A lot of people, I think, are extremely Islamophobic. And he's just airing that voice and people are rallying behind them because they're saying, oh, he's saying this misconception that we're all thinking. So instead of addressing a problem at the root cause, they're just exaggerating it. But it's not coming necessarily from Donald Trump. This Islamophobia, this really hateful speech that Donald Trump is spewing, I don't think it's necessarily coming from him. I think that he and his campaign are identifying what scares these people the most and then they're just magnifying it times you know to an enormous degree that's a good point Jackie what I want to get you guys to do actually real quick is give me your favorite scare quote 
from an elected mm. official. And I guess we'll start with Alyssa, because I know she always has a bunch of good ones. You know, uh, you're asking me for a quote. I can't think of a quote right off the top of my head, but it's probably something along the lines of the Carly Fiorina, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. thing about the Planned Parenthood, especially, I did a whole quickie on how that per- essentially perpetuated that shooting that happened in Colorado. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's like so many of them. Uh, and, and like these things, this is not a new phenomenon, right? This is something that's been going on for years. As Jackie points out, these people have always existed. It just takes somebody like Donald Trump to pull them out of the woodwork, right? Right. right. Yeah. And one of my favorite fear, fear tactic quotes actually comes from the Gipper, Ronald Reagan, when he talked about the welfare queen. Oh, Willie Horton. And yes. the welfare queen. Uh-huh. That's right. And she said, you know, he said, you know what? There's this woman out there, and she has three kids and seven baby daddies, and she's <laughs> getting disability, and she's getting food stamps, and she's getting her rent paid, and she drives a Cadillac, and she's living life real good while you, you're at home. You're not at home. You're working double shifts, triple shifts, trying to make this money to take care of your family, and you're getting taxed out of the rear end, and all that money is going to her classy lifestyle. She's the welfare queen. And people all across the country didn't just get scared. They got angry because when you can take that fear and channel it into anger, you can usually move it into action. Now, what action that is, depending on how good you are, that's really where you can tell where the action goes to. That action, they got all sorts of tax cuts for the rich. They had all sorts of programs rolled back because people thought they were fighting against the welfare queen, even though they were hurting themselves. Jackie, do you have a favorite quote? Um, I don't know if it's a favorite quote. I mean, there's so many to choose from, and none of them are my favorite because it makes your skin You know, fall. I think about like um, Huckabee comparing everything to the Holocaust and everything to Hitler. Um, but I was actually sent an article yesterday, getting back to Trump and his Islamophobic comments, um, where there was an article in the Washington Post um, yesterday talking about how Al Shabab is using quotes and video of Donald Trump asking America to ban and bar all Muslims from entering the country mm-hmm. into jihadist recruitment training videos, right? So it's being, I mean, it's so damaging, not just to um, Muslim citizens of the United States to hear that kind of hateful language, but mm-hmm. to other people around the world who are hearing this and saying, look at how America feels about Muslims. Like this isn't, and granted, I mean, this is being used in um, propaganda. really propaganda destructive ways but yeah. i mean this language is dangerous it's, it's not just like oh silly republicans being racist oh, it's right. like really really puts us at risk well yeah no and it's even more dangerous because what a lot of people fail to realize is that there's a large population of muslims in the world right and the number one way to stop isis and stop these other terrorist groups is to utilize muslims that do not believe in this that are like you know this is not what islam is about so when you have somebody like donald trump who's ramping up the xenophobia and ramping up the Islamophobia and the anti-Muslim sentiment, then you have well-meaning Muslims who are the people you need to help you fight against groups like ISIS and Al-Shabaab and Al-Qaeda, and they're like, yeah, we don't want to have any part of that. You know, we're not going to get behind, you know, so it's like, you need these people. These are your allies. I mean, just in the past year, we have heard, and, and literally, in the past year, year and a half, we have heard about Mexican rapists, Benghazi, 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 a plot to Islamicize America by Barack Hussein Obama, scary Hussein, Planned Parenthood acting as an agent of the Holocaust, um, (laughs) Obama the Nazi, Obama the ISIS apologist, the Affordable Care Act as slavery, the the clip you just played, Uh, the Holocaust could have been averted if Jews had guns, the (laughs) Iran deal will trigger a second Holocaust, so many Holocausts, it's like everything to these people 
people as a Holocaust. You forgot um, the Colorado shooter was a transsexual. <laughs> All right, yeah. liberal. Yes. Um, we've had Jade Helm. Uh, we've had um, dueling hallucinations of Muslims celebrating on 9 11. Right. White slavery. White slavery. White slavery. <laughs> Where is this thing coming from? Like, politicians just say these things because they know people will right. listen to them. Like, the whole thing about Willie Horton in the 80s was a myth, right? It was like, okay, yeah, there's this one guy who did something bad, but then it turned into this myth of, like, Willie Horton and black people are scary and, like, people are like, oh, it's not a racist thing. It's just this guy, you know, these are criminals. But, like, it was a racist thing. And now we're just seeing that now. It's just a different group being demonized. Well, here's my question for you, because there are some people who used to be practical thinkers, or at least sort of, like Chris Christie, you can say he was kind of practical. So was John Kasich. Kasich. But then when you're talking about Do- Donald Trump saying he wants to ban all Muslims from the country, you had John Kasich saying that there's a war on the way that we live, and um, Chris Christie went as far as to say that we were in World War III. Right. Why can't, why does it seem that even like practical thinking Republicans are now going towards a scare tactic, Selena? <clears throat> because as Alyssa said, fear sells. And I think that Donald Trump is leading a very dangerous precedent right now. The crazier his accusations are, the scarier his rhetoric comes across, the better he's been doing in the polls since 2015. And I think that people are just taking a page out of his book. I think that Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio, when they first launched their campaigns, they they weren't as sensational, right? They said things that made sense on certain levels. But now, even even them, they're like they're they're pretty, they're pretty much, I think, feeding into it, and they're starting to also chime into that same type of energy. Almost, I mean, yeah. they're not saying things that sound like Trump, but you can see like Jeb Bush is definitely a- a- attacking him, and I think that when he talks, he has like that same type of passion now. Thank you, Selena. So, guys, if you want to call in, you can. The number is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. Again, that is two one two six five zero. 6903. Jackie, let your voice be heard. Oh, me? Yeah. Me? What? <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was say, I'm sorry. No, I, I mean, I think that for, for these individuals, like, there's a lot that we can say. You know, they're not going to say that ISIS isn't a threat or that they're less of a threat or that people shouldn't be scared because they're going to get a lot of pushback. I mean, look at what's happening with Obama right now. He's getting that pushback for taking a more maybe reasonable approach. Like, nobody wants it. People want to vote for what, who sort of panders to them the most. That's what I'm saying, that I think, you know, there's certainly, uh, it's this fear is perpetuated by the media, by the parties, right? But it's coming from the the masses, I think. You know, it's, yeah. it's being played upon and it's being... Um, you know, blown up, but it's it's not coming from nowhere. It's uh, coming from people's real beliefs and real fears, and it's just their their fears and their beliefs are being exploited in a very public way. Absolutely, that's a great point. I mean, just to add to that, right? In 1935, Sinclair Lewis writes a novel uh, called "It Can't Happen Here," and it basically is a tale about an American politician who uses fear and and a, the panic of the nation to lead the nation into fascism. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right. it is a fiction, but we're doing a really good job <laughs> to prove him right. I mean, sort of that's what you're sort of like Trump the things that he's saying are super fascist right and so now here's me sort of fear mongering on the other side of the coin which is you know like looking at Trump and me seeing so many parallels between Trump and actually Nazi Germany during the 1930s and the way that Hitler used the fear of the people and specifically he used fear of Jews and he basically um, scapegoated the Jews as being the, the horrible people and that kind of mentality is sort 
part of what helped to perpetuate. Uh, and also, people were in poverty. The economy wasn't good. So Hitler was able to like sweep into power using these fear monitoring tactics, and to use and and to use that into fascism and you're sort of seeing that happen again to me that's the real scary thing right Slim. so it's like i don't want to be fear-mongering on the other side of the coin but like to me that's super scary because i'm seeing that kind of wave happen over again that seems what's going on with donald trump today i wanted to add that many people define fear with the ac- um as an acronym of meaning um false evidence appearing real and i think that if we look at fear in that in that perspective right we can see that Donald Trump himself is actually feeding people's fears. Uh, Statistics show that people that are supporting Trump are white, lower class, and do not have a college education. Most of his supporters are. So what he's doing is feeding their ignorance. They do not know any better. And that's where this fear is coming from. It's coming from a place of ignorance. And Donald Trump is almost taking advantage of them. And not almost. He definitely is taking advantage of them. But it's not just him. It's Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and every other elected official who does this. So, guys, we're going to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the media's role or lack thereof in either fact-checking, correcting, or reporting this fear tactics being used. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. And this is Bohemian Rhapsody. What's the name of the song again? Oh, yeah, that's the name of the song. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. Every 107 seconds, an American gets sexually assaulted, according to the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. Although it may last for seconds, the effects can last forever. Regardless of what it is you look like, you could be a victim of sexual assault. Although preventing a sexual assault may be hard, there are things you can do to protect yourself. Walk in groups. Most sexual assaults happen to those who are alone. Be conscious of your surroundings. Look around. Avoid walking with both headphones in your ears. If you see something, say something. If you or someone you know is or was a victim of sexual assault, you can call the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, also known as RAIN with two N's, at 1-800-656-HOPE, or email them at info at rain.org. They know they talk that stick talk, that stick talk. They know we talk that lick talk, that lick talk. Ten million dollars cash, friend. Started sipping syrup, I've been geek there since. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. We talk that stick talk, that stick talk. I put the f***ing cash up on a new toy. Put the f***ing cash up on a new toy. You can't understand us, cause you're too soft. 
We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. Stick talk is when Democrats use fair tactics, but it doesn't work because they use logic. That's what it is. Speaking of Democrats and fair tactics, Alyssa has a question to ask you guys. But before we go there, I want to let you guys know that we are talking about fair tactics and politics. And this is Stanley Fitch, your favorite engineer. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Mother-Loving Trap (laughs) Queen-based God Cohen. You know, it's we're having this whole conversation, and we're talking a lot about Republicans, 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 because they're the ones who seem to be using fear and using it positively to increase their poll numbers. I don't mean that doing it is positive. I just mean they've seen a positive trend by it. I mean, it seems to me to lead to a really obvious question, which is if panic is so powerful and fear is such a strong tool as we seem to have a consensus here that it is, then why don't Democrats try and whip some fear up for themselves? Have they... um, are they not doing a good enough job of it? Yes and no. So, yes, they have. No, they're not doing a good job at it. But then also, they're not doing a good job because, at least from what I've seen, Democrats want to govern. And they want to be factual. Yeah, and you can't. It's not about being factual. It's well, about actually governing. Usually, when you do these fair tactics, you can't govern because the people believe what you said. Look what happened to Eric Cantor. I mean, I think that why don't the Democrats... Um, do use the same tactics. I think on the left, and I mean, Democrats, I'm using sort of just the left in general, right? Um, I think are typically a little more critically aware and they they are critical thinkers so it's difficult for critical thinkers and people on the left to band together and say okay we know that this is a a really crappy tactic right we're going to scare people on the right and we're going to you know utilize this thing that our enemy is using to get what they have right Um, you have to essentially organize everybody on the left and say okay we're going to do this thing that's kind of messed up but the ends will justify the means right and I don't think people on the left really will stick to that. They're not going to see it in that way because that's asking everybody to play politics and a lot of people are disenfranchised by politics and they don't think that the the end should justify the means. They think that the you know the means should be proper and as virtuous, I guess. The left does it to itself though. Look at some of the things they've said about Hillary Clinton. Uh, after Hillary Clinton won the first debate, they said that oh well, she won that first debate because her she's friends with executives at the television station and she's on the board as well. So they had to say she won, even though like it was very clear that she won that debate. But that's my that's exactly the point that I'm making is that the left is not going to people on the left aren't going to say well the the goal is just to beat the right, yeah. right? They're going to say well we don't like Hillary, maybe we yeah. don't appreciate her, maybe we want Bernie Sanders, or maybe we yeah. want a million other people that would run and represent our interests better. Yeah. So that. That's where this division comes into play, whereas the right, it's almost seen as it's us versus them. So anybody but them. And on the left, we're saying, no, we don't want to just settle for somebody that doesn't truly represent us and more status quo. Um, We want the best. And that's where the left, we tend to lose out because we can't, I guess, band together in our interests because we are critical thinkers. And also the other scare tactic, if you don't, if you, if Bernie Sanders wins, if, if Hillary Clinton wins the primary and you don't vote for her, you put Trump into office, mm-hmm. which is also based on logic as well, though. Selena? 
I want to say I'm a little conflicted with the question here, right? I understand the pros and the cons, and I understand the left, the people who say, like, they want to take, um, they want to use integrity when trying to get voters, right? I understand that wholeheartedly. But I also think that you know, we've seen that same question when it came to campaign finance. We've seen these big lobbyist companies fueling Republican campaigns and people who are running for election. And I feel like the left kind of got hip to it and was like, look, if we want to stay in here, we're going to need some money, too. We're going to need the right. same amount of money to compete for these seats and for these um, for, for, um, um, compete in these elections and you know sometimes the left I mean gets, they, we get our hands dirty too right, but yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah I agree but they're all I think there's another aspect of it that we haven't touched on that I want to hit on which is education right people who are and this is a fact people who are less educated um, and you know and people who are considered to be more low information voters are traditionally people that vote Republican and wow. a lot of times it's, you see people on the left are generally speaking I'm making some generalizations right now people who are more educated are more complex thinkers it is easier to control somebody who is less educated it yeah. is easier to scare somebody who does not think critically who does not have the education so I think that's also part of it which is on the left if you operate from the perspective that these are people that are more educated or have higher levels of education or even if they don't necessarily have a higher level of education are just more critical thinkers as Stanley points out they're less likely to be beholden by fear however as you also pointed out and I think some of that is also based in fact this idea that if if you are a Bernie person and you don't go out and vote for Hillary in the general if she's the nominee then you might put Trump into office I think that should be a selling point that Democrats should be talking about even if you are a Bernie supporter right. you know I think if you're a Bernie supporter you should be talking to everybody and saying listen we really want Bernie we want Bernie to be our guy but you have to go out and vote even if it's not Bernie because if not you could and I don't think that's based on necessarily fear mongering as much as it based in fact and so this raises another question right which is when fear is based in fact, and I want to use climate change as an example of that, then is it okay to use that fear to get people to move? I mean, some people have on the right have accused liberals of being like, oh my God, the sea caps are melting, the ice caps are melting, the sea levels are rising. Oh, I'm like, one of those people. There's, there's going to be wildfires and droughts and all these things, like, okay. and, and that you're, and you're scaring the hell out of people. But the fact is, Unlike Donald Trump, who's talking about scary Muslims that don't exist, these climate change things that these people are talking about actually do exist. So right. sometimes fear is good, and we need fear as a motivator. And that's the division between the left and the right, which is I feel that the left uses fear when it's based in fact, and the right uses fear when it's based in folly. I will say that I would like to believe the left uses fear when it's back, but that's not always the case. Let's, I think we're giving the left a little bit too much credit, mm -hmm. and their hands are just as dirty as the Republicans. They just don't have the power right now. So, Can I, you give I, some examples of that, Stanley? No, because, I mean, that's a good point, but w when so, have we seen that? Right. So we saw a lot of it, actually, when President Obama was running against um, Mitt Romney. And people were saying, if you elect Mitt Romney, the country's going to go right back into the tailspin that it was when Bush was president. But Which you can make a, truth? It can make an argument for, but there's no guarantee because you don't actually know what he's going to do when he's in office. There Fair were people, enough. There are people who have said that, like, you know, and this is a, a, a people call Obama a terrorist because of the drone strikes. That there are people on the left who are doing that. And they're saying that, like, he's, he's going after innocent families and people like that. That's another example yeah. of, like, these extreme fear tactics. There are people who are calling... Um, Donald Trump, not just comparing him to Hitler. I I'll say that's that. a fair comparison. That's, you think that's a fair comparison, but Hitler massacred thousands of people. Donald Trump has not massacred a single person yet. He's just an idiot. I don't think that, I think that that's not, like, 
it's sort of like a different level. Nobody's saying comparing him to Hitler in that he's gone ahead and massacred thousands of people. Obviously, we're aware that Hitler was, you know, a genocidal maniac and Donald Trump has not killed anybody. Not yet. I think the the basis, though, is that it's these types of things that's how it started, right? Hitler didn't start off committing genocide and killing thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Hitler started off by saying, let's have a registration of all the Jews. Let's make them wear patches. And those are the things that Donald's proposing. So I think that's where it comes into play and that's why it's a valid comparison. Yeah. Okay. Point taken on that one. But I did give two other examples. So, booyah. (laughs) So you win. Some of them were fair. I do want to shift gears though because I want to go back to what I mentioned before the break. Let's talk about the media. And this is something that I know I've been very upset about. What has the media... Why has... Why is the media not checking these people? Not let's not even talk about the fears. Let's talk let's talk about the lies. When people blatantly lie to vote potential voters, why isn't the media going, well, this is not true? Well, I de- that depends on which media you're I consuming. Exactly I think that it. with me and our and our generation of millennials, we're really big on podcasts right now. I get a lot of my news from YouTube. Shout out to the Young Turks because mm-hmm. a lot of times when I want to find out what's really going on, I'll turn to them. There are other media outlets such as like Political, for instance, which sort of plays like a narrow line like right in between. Like they were covering the Benghazi hearings as if there was like a factual database in order for like to even and prosecute um, Hillary Clinton like she did something wrong and I feel like the way sometimes different media outlets cover the news definitely does turn me off but I think there are a lot of independent left-leaning progressive outlets out there that speak the truth yeah okay. I don't I don't watch media on I don't watch the news on TV in part because I don't have cable so that kind of <laughs> right there. Um, I, I get most of my uh, news and information from the radio, from podcasts, from, you know, WMIC and public radio, um, which is not, you know, while they do have sponsors, it's not these like big ads, right? And certainly, don't get me wrong, there have been times where I've like listened to NPR and then there's a co- cut to break commercial by, um, you know, oil and gas. Exxon and I'm Mobile. like, or ExxonMobil. And I'm like, well, no, A2, you know, NPR. But, but I do think, you know, I, I'll hear some of this like vitriol from the right coming from my grandparents and who watch a ton of Fox News. Yeah. And I turn on Fox News just to watch it to be like, what the hell's going on over there? And it's it's hard to, you know, it's like this is such indoctrination right here. It's so scary when I watch it. I get scared. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like my, my pulse increases. Um, <laughs> but they totally play off fears and they reiterate, reiterate, reiterate these points. And so just feeding these talking points and don't get me wrong msnbc cnn they do it too when you have a 24-hour news cycle and there just needs to be content on air and it's being funded by big advertisers you need to produce something that people are going to watch because as soon as they turn the channel you're losing money right so i mean i think that the the quality of television news has decrease it's entertainment it's barely news i mean the way that we see the republican debates advertised looks like it's an nfl game right like it's just this is what it's turning into it's not turning into it's turning into spectator sport our politics and our way of life it's become so much more entertainment but i think that's a great point that you make because i was going to say there used to be a situation where people would turn on nightly news on channel four and they would get you know somebody would come on and they would just give them the news there was no spin on it there was no left spin or right spin you can you could trust that when uh, you know tom brokoff came on or uh who's the other big announcer that everybody always talks about uh it's a scary 
No. Oh, well, uh, Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, when Walter Cronkite came on the air, people were like, "Okay, Walter Cronkite's going to give it to us straight. You know, he's going to give me the facts, whether right. I disagree with you know with I uh, disagree with this or I agree with this. He's just going to come on and give it to me straight." But now everybody watches their channel. Yeah. The people who watch Fox, they're only exposed to what goes on in that bubble. The people who watch MSNBC, they're only exposed to what goes on in that bubble. It's very rare that we have any objective news reporting where we have somebody like Walter Cronkite that just comes on and just tells us it like it is whether we like it or not and that's part of the problem and that has to do with advertisers as Jackie pointed out so it would be nice for us to get back to having at least one news channel that just told it like it was whether but and you'd still have people that didn't believe it because they've been in their bubble for so long i would recommend that anybody that's interested in sort of the catalyst for this issue uh watch the film best of enemies which is on netflix right now it's really really great um and it talks about um sort of the debates between William Buckley and Gore Vidal in the 70s um, or 68? Was it the same? Well, in 1968? Yeah. Um, where ABC News was the lowest rated news broadcast in the country. Nobody was watching it and they were like, we need to get people to watch us so what are we going to do? We're going to have a liberal and a conservative go on air and fight and just fight it out about politics, about Nixon, about the state of affairs, and they receive such high ratings, and this is where it kind of starts, where you see, oh, people like to see this discourse, they like to see people fighting and hold these opinions and not just tell the news like it is, but really put a spin on it one way or the other, and it riles people up and gets them excited, and that's really where I see the start of this. That's a really good point, Jackie. And in the media, not in politics, because no, no, that's been happening for. That's fun. good in Anchorman too. Right. Yeah, they did that too. I, I love the Anchorman too. A lot of people didn't like it because they're stupid loser it. idiots, Jackie. Yeah. But guys, we do have to wrap this segment up. I wanted to give guys a closing statement, but we're running short, so I just want to finish off with this. Every all of these candidates will go up and say all these crazy things. They'll say that Planned Parenthood is trying to kill your children. They'll say that Obamacare is going to destroy your lives. They'll say that Hillary Clinton is a racist fascist and that Bernie Sanders is a socialist who is going to destroy everything and take your money. And they pump all these lies and all this fear into the American people who take it and they eat it up and they engulf it and it becomes a part of them and they live and walk with that fear. And then a Bernie Sanders gets elected, and the same person who you said was going to destroy the world is a person who now has to govern. How can they? And that is the problem with this fear. Because when you promise you're going to destroy the government, and you're going to repeal Obamacare, and you're going to bring, make America great again, great for who? Destroy the government how? What happens to all those people you have to help? And then when you get into office and you realize, I actually have to legislate responsibly, and those same people who you got riled up are now coming for your neck because you didn't do what you said you would. How can we govern? How can we really be a country that has been as great as it's been so far? You can't. These fear tactics, they don't work. It is a dangerous path to go on. Because one day you're talking about registering Muslims, and the next minute, who knows, maybe we have a new Hitler. As scary and as ridiculous as that is to say, we are on the trail to it. And that is a problem. We'll be going on a quick break when we come back. Alyssa will be telling you why the voters are not loyal. They ain't never loyal, Alyssa, are they? Nope. Nope. (laughs) 